Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin DNR, Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. So as a reminder, this gives you kind of an inside look at some of the work that DNR staff are doing to improve your time in the outdoors. We've actually got a very special episode tonight. So we've got the guys from the Hunting Public. It's a web series. If you're not familiar with it, you're about to be very familiar with it. Uh, We've got those guys joining us right now. We're actually live from Iowa County. Uh, So we're filming some web series segments for Wild Wisconsin out here for deer season. So we're going to give you kind of an introduction to these guys, um, what they're all about as the hunting public, get their story, how they got into hunting, um, how they found themselves working with Wisconsin DNR for the web series. So uh, without further ado, today we're joined by Aaron Warburton, Jake Hubschman, and Greg Clements from the hunting public. So we'll just go around quick and, and get some intros from you guys, give the listeners kind of an idea of, of who you guys are as hunters, how you got into kind of where you're at now. Uh, so Aaron, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I started out in the outdoors at a very young age, probably like a lot of your listeners. And my family and friends got me involved when I was five, six years old, you know, well before I could legally hunt and just on blood trails and just anything fishing hunting outside and just eventually grew into hunting I really fell in love with it when i was in my early teens you know 13 14 15 years old started toting a video camera around the woods with my cousins and filming our hunts and eventually found a way to edit them together you know pretty basic stuff back then but uh fell in love with it at an early age and decided that that was really the only thing that I wanted to do in life. So uh, just continued to pursue it. And now that's our full-time gig here at the Hunting Public. Jake, how about you? Uh, pretty similar start to Aaron. Got started at a young age. I had a really great mentor in my grandpa and my dad. And I saw their passion for the outdoors and hunting and fishing and trapping and whatnot. And kind of followed suit with those guys. And like Aaron, just picked up a video camera when I was in high school. and. Then I went on to school for agriculture after that and quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to work in agriculture my whole life because I was too. I was thinking about being in the woods too much and that was a busy time of year. So luckily enough, I landed a gig with these guys and here we are today. Greg, how about you? I think your your story is, is interesting too because uh, we've done some shoots with DNR staff already from research staff to, to biologists and, and it's been interesting listening to you uh, kind of interact with them because you've actually got a, a background in wildlife. So can you touch on that? Yeah, I mean my my story as far as growing up hunting is very similar to Aaron and Jake's um, All my family hunts. So that was a natural uh, Progression for me. Uh, my two main passions when I was younger were uh, wildlife wildlife biology studying animals and also uh, photography and videography. So I went to school for um, the first and that was uh, to become a wildlife biologist um, went to the University of Nebraska Lincoln and I was very fortunate there to be able to work with uh, Dr. Scott Hinkstrom on a deer research project so 
Uh, got to go out and help capture deer, track radio collared deer. You know, it was just kind of whitetails, you know, all year round helping out with that uh, that project. And then I was able to do my master's degree studying uh, movements and survival of, of bucks. You know, going out radio capturing radio collaring bucks and tracking them around. So that was a a very exciting time. Um, you know, that took up five or six years of my life, and they're some of the, the best, you know, most memorable and exciting years. Um, so after the, the, so after I got out of school, uh, I kind of started heading more towards my other passion, and that was filming and uh, photography. And then in the last year, you know, I uh, started working with uh, Aaron and, and Zach and Jake, and you know, like they said, here we are today, about a, about a year into this project, and we're real excited about it, uh, promoting, really wanting to promote um, public land hunting opportunities, you know, educating people on uh, the opportunities that exist out there, and then also uh, really promoting the social aspect of hunting, the, you know, the camaraderie that uh, getting involves new, getting new hunters, right, and getting new hunters involved in the sport. So that's really, uh, in a nutshell, what the hunting public is all about. Hmm. So I think a term that's thrown around a lot is someone eats, sleeps, and breathes something. You hear someone say a lot, I eat, sleep, and breathe hunting. I eat, sleep, and breathe fishing. But I think what you're going to get from these guys as we continue to talk um, tonight um, and as you watch the series is their passion really, really comes through when they're on camera talking, when we're off camera uh, shooting the breeze. You really get it from these guys that this is what they want to do. Um, and they're good at it. We're going to talk about that too. So um, the hunting public, can you guys give me an idea of what is the hunting public? What are you guys all about? Yeah, I mean, the, the name kind of has dual meaning. And we came up with it just basically sitting around the table like we are right now, um, a while back now. But it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, hunting public land. It's more to refer to the hunting public in general, almost like the general public, people that hunt in general, the hunting public. That's who we want to relate to. That's who we want to inspire through all of our videos. And that's kind of our sole mission is to never lose sight of that fact. We want to be able to appeal to everybody. We don't want anything that we do to feel exclusive, like we're better than, because that's all we are. It's just people that grew up loving yeah. hunting, mm -hmm. not any better or anything than anybody else we just really love to hunt we spend a lot of time in the woods yes but uh, that allows us to show people what kind of mistakes we make you know what kind of successes we have just like they do you know i mean we don't try to paint a, a, some kind of different picture other than the reality of what is and that is that we're just average folks that love to hunt just as much as you know anyone else and I think that's what a lot of people find really relatable about watching us is that we are just them and I think that's really admirable um, especially in an industry like the hunting industry I think a lot of the times you see the start and you see the finish and you don't see what happens in the middle you see the big buck at the end um, I think one huge reason why we wanted to work with you guys and we're so glad that you came on board is uh, your everyday guys you're you're all excellent hunters but at the end of the day you're showing people exactly how to do these things that you guys do they can take the info that you give them um, and really apply it in the field which is something that we try to do every day at the department you mentioned uh, hunter recruitment that's huge for us as well obviously we're all in the same boat with that one um, so it sounds like 
with the name, you're really trying to relate to the general public. Um, my next question was actually, do you only hunt public land? But I think you already answered that one. So um, how do you guys go about kind of choosing what goes on in, in a typical day or, or what you're going to share with people? What's that thought process like? Oh, I mean, we, we constantly bounce ideas off um, just to see. And we even ask our audience. That's another thing. We, we do live podcasts and all kinds of Q&A type sort of research sessions and brainstorming sessions with our audience to try to figure out what they want or what they need at that given time. Yeah, I mean, and we're learning from our, our friends and viewers as well. Like this right. fall, we're going to try uh, tree saddle hunting. And there's a friend of ours who's really passionate about that and is doing more and more of that. So we're, you know, we can see, yeah, there's an opportunity there to optimize our um, setups when we go hunting, you know, get farther back in to carry less weight. So we're always learning and adapting and sharing that with uh, our viewers and listeners. That's all we're trying to do is show people the learning process, warts and all. Just know? like you mentioned before, you said a lot of the hunting shows nowadays that all you see is someone going out and then there's the kill. And with the platform, what we're on YouTube, so we can we can not only post the success, which is very few times as a lot of people know when you <laughs> yeah. go out, but all the mistakes, which is what most people can relate to and learn from more than even the success, is when all the mistakes that we make in the field too. Yeah, in a digital sense, you know, that's the way the world works nowadays. Is the communication tools are much different than they used to be. We're on all these different social media platforms for a reason, and that is to maintain connection with the hunting public that's and why I, we do it yep and i think something that's really interesting too is if if you follow these guys on facebook or instagram or whatever they're always in there asking questions it's it's such an interactive experience if if hunters are following along with these guys throughout the fall they're learning as they go w with help from these guys so uh, whether they're out there making mistakes or whether you're sharing in in them shooting a buck i think it's just an experience that everyone can relate to and I think that's that's a really strong pull, uh, especially for a lot of these younger generations. Whereas, used to be hunting DVDs with a big old buck on the front. It used mm -hmm. to be uh, magazines full of ads and stuff. And you guys are just, it is just hunting in its purest form. Um, and I think that's been really interesting for people to experience. So, um, what's your guys' growth been like? So you said you started right around a year ago. Less than about ten months ago. October 10 months. one. October one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so how did it start? Were you guys just kind of like, let's do this thing and and see where it goes? And so, how how did it all start? As to and kind of lay it out for me, how you got to where you are, kind of ten months later, what you're seeing, what you're learning about, kind of this niche that you're you're trying to carve. I think we all shared the same passion, which is hunting. But I think the cool thing about our group is we're all. We all have a very similar mindset, but we're all we all have very different personalities and are into different things. And I think that's why we can appeal to so many different people. Is we all are into different things as far as hunting styles and whatnot, and that's what kind of makes yeah. us appealing to everybody. We use that to our advantage, whereas some will want to click into a certain group or whatever, and that's fine if that's the way you decide to do things. But in order for us to appeal to a wider audience, like you mentioned with our kind of melting pot of personalities we can we can do that and it all it all kind of started we all had background in the hunting industry and in hunting media well before this began and like i mentioned it just kind of we we got together we needed to, we needed work all of us 
and we were debating on going back to the everyday grind jobs that we essentially loved to do before we started in down the hunting industry line and then we got to talking about well what does what do people need that love to hunt what do people need that don't love to hunt yet to get into hunting and how can we help them like because we have these tools that we can offer the hunting world essentially so we came up with the idea sitting around the table and I, I, I think it's great too I mentioned the DVDs and the magazines um, if you're not familiar with hunting it's really similar to a lot of other industries like sports and those things there's a lot out there um, I think with digital media the way it is um, I think it's a great thing that people really have the ability to share anything and everything everyone probably has friends on Facebook that share probably a little too much yeah, uh, I think we can agree on that there's probably some blocking going on but, um, I just think you guys have done such a smart thing here and that's why I wanted to ask kind of what you've learned um, as you've gone on is there something in particular that you've really found people have really reacted positively to as far as what you're sharing or or, or what are you guys seeing yeah the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive and it's actually it's been basically what our core mission is and that's to be relatable and to grow and strengthen the hunting community and also you know hopefully inspire people to hunt and we've gotten you know that kind of feedback so that's really um, you know kind of set our path I mean you know, that's where we wanted to go uh, we see people are uh, yeah re responding to that and so promoting that, public land and promoting public people, land people hunting that only hunted private land exclusively uh, we've got more than we can count messages about people that have only hunted private land their whole life and are really excited to go out and try public land or tried public land last year and that I think that's been one of the coolest things for me to at least to read in the messages and comments. There's all kinds of misconceptions out there about public land and we try to just I mean we're 100% honest in everything that we show and it's not rocket science by any means but like we mentioned it's just we're regular people that are doing this more often than most. So we get to show you more experiences. For example, our most viewed video is not a, a kill. Is a hunt where we spook a buck. <laughs> a hunter walks in on the setup and spooks another buck that's coming towards these guys. That's our most viewed video. It's not a successful hunt. Yeah, and we it's, talk to the hunter and like have no problems. We 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 discuss the hunt and you know how they've been doing or whatever, and actually had a positive experience come out of that. People could relate to that video, you know, and we want to show people that are hunters and that are non-hunters, that there is all this access that they have out there. Like we are very lucky in this country in comparison to lots of others. We have all this public land that we can, that we all own, that we can use. You know, and if you're wanting to get into hunting, don't use the excuse, I don't have anywhere to go, because that's just simply not true in most cases. And I think accessibility is a theme that just is so overarching um, with hunting as a whole. Um, me working for the DNR and these guys, you're kind of hearing their core values come out here. Uh, we need new hunters. We need to find ways to get new hunters. And I think accessibility is such an important part of that. Um, and, and you guys are really showing that. So you mentioned kind of letting people know that public lands are out there, but how are the ways that you've found that you think are most useful in kind of showing people that you you can go hunting there there aren't that many barriers kind of keeping you from from entering entering into the sport whether you want to be serious you want to hunt 40 days a year or 
if you want to go up north to the cabin and, and hunt the Wisconsin nine-day gun deer hunting season. So um, how does accessibility kind of fit in um, kind of on that thematic scale rather than showing people where they can actually go hunt on public land? How does accessibility kind of fit into what you're doing, uh, sharing that it's easy to get into the sport if you, if you really try? I think there's so much information out there nowadays with digital media that you know people can really learn how to hunt very quickly. But there's we found there hasn't been a ton out there about promoting public land specifically and the opportunities that exist. Because a lot of people like you know they find good public land, they kind of want to protect that good thing that they have going. We're more concerned about growing the sport of hunting, getting more people involved, and so we absolutely want them to know that these opportunities uh, exist positive experiences in the field. That's really what it comes down to. And like Greg mentioned earlier, a big part of our mission is increasing the social aspect of hunting, which is something that Wisconsin is very rich in tradition um, with. You know, deer camp is a huge deal. After I grew, and, I, growing up in Wisconsin and then being able to travel to different states, I feel very lucky to grow up here and yes. with the camaraderie and the tradition that is, especially the Wisconsin nine day gun season, but just deer hunting in general. Mm -hmm. And we just try to show, no matter if it's a, you know, if it's a successful hunt, successful encounter, successful day scouting, or if you're out there and you're just running into people everywhere on public land, which does happen from time to time when we show that. but. I mean, we have very, very few negative experiences out there. Most time, when we, when we run into other people, you know, it ends up being a great thing because we run into somebody that's just like us. Yeah. They, they're, they're going out there, they're hunters, mm -hmm. just like us. So immediately we have something to talk about. We just made a new friend, you know. We talked about accessibility, and you mentioned your most, one of your most popular videos was um, spooking a buck. There was no harvest, nothing involved. Um, do you guys have a feel for kind of the what type of content that you share tends to resonate the best with people, whether it's preparing for your hunt, actual hunt videos, follow-up, what you could have done better. Do you guys have a feel for kind of what what people seem to resonate with the most, or is, is it just kind of start to finish, people are really latching on to it? Whatever is most relatable. I guess what in that video, the, there's three real big things I can think of that are really relatable. A lot of people have spooked a big buck, first thing that happens in that video. A lot of people that hunt public land have had somebody walk in on them. That also happened in that hunt. I guess I don't know what the third thing was I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, he spooked another buck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. climbed out of the stand, he spooked he, another buck. The old double spook. Shot. Yeah, but, but those two things right there, I think, is what people really respond to. One is the hunting strategy, you know, learning about deer behavior. Um, you know, the, the follow-up video to that one uh, really shows how that whole thought process goes into, you know, I spooked a buck, what do I do now? Then also the interaction they had with the other hunter there on public land, people really responded to that because, you know, Aaron didn't get upset. You know, he just talked to the guy and said, "Good luck." You know, it wasn't a negative experience. So that guy has every right to be out there, uh, just as much as we do. That's so that mindset that you have to go into hunting public land with is everybody has a right to be there. It's yeah. public land. So I, I think those two things get a lot of response. You know, hunting strategy and then also just seeing positive. Uh, interactions with other people in the field. Another one of my favorite memories from this last season is when Jake and Zach were out hunting. Jake shot a nice buck, the deer went down, they're celebrating, then all of a sudden a couple other hunters close by shoot, they see the deer run out of the woods, fall over, and they're celebrating, high-fiving for the guy that just shot the deer. Like, they don't even know who it is. We but... were more excited when the, the guy shot the buck after I did. I think we were in shock after I shot the one I did, and then we just were so happy, and then we thought we had messed this guy's hunt up, possibly 
earlier in that morning because he was already set up there and we didn't realize it until we walked past him. And then we were all worried he was going to be upset with us or that we messed up his hunt, which we don't want to do, obviously. But shot that buck and then he was his first buck. He ended up shooting, shooting yeah, shortly 16, after that. Roughly 16 year old kid. Yeah, something shot like his that. first buck, made a good shot on it. We went over there, talked to him, yeah. high fived him. Yeah. And the, yeah. Kid, the kid actually messages us on Instagram pretty pretty regularly now. So you gained a fan out of yeah. the process. Yeah, yeah, we see sure. that all the time too. And across the board with all of our content, we don't we sprinkle in a little bit of everything. Like you mentioned a while ago, the start to finish process is all there. We're filming videos right now where we're going out and we're scouting public lands. We are looking at maps on the computer trying to choose places to hunt. We're going out there and filming velvet bucks, you know, setting tree stand locations up and it, the list goes on and on. But that's what it is all year long. It's a constant stream of content that's relevant to that time frame. So. And I, I mentioned sports before because, um, not to go back to the hunting industry again, but I, I would compare it to to football. Almost everyone watches pro football, um, whether you're a Packers fan or, or wrong, um, that doesn't really matter. Um, but you watch on Sunday, you see the, the touchdown, the game winner in the fourth quarter, you don't see that guy dropping passes during the week in practice. And I think the hunting industry and what you see watching people hunt really turned into that fourth quarter Hail Mary this is the greatest thing ever type of thing and people really lost the enjoyment and the experience of the preparation, the scouting, um, getting ready to go, um, getting excited, spending time with family. So I think that's just such a valuable story to tell um, and I think you guys are, are really doing a great job on it. Um, so to switch gears a little bit, so you're here, we're sitting, we're in Iowa County, uh, we've been shooting for two days for the web series. These guys are our hosts. How the heck did you guys get to be working with the Wisconsin DNR? Because when I started here, I didn't think any of this would have been a reality, and I'm so excited to be here because I really think this is the direction we need to go. As far, not just working with private industry, but with kind of helping other people and getting help from other people telling the story. So. How does this all work for you guys? It's like we mentioned a while ago, it's kind of a melting pot of, of different personalities and different factors all kind of coming together for the same goal. That's what our country is about and in, in essence, you know, not to get too cliche, but that's, that is exactly what it is. And Wisconsin, we've noticed, is one of our biggest states. You know, as far as viewership goes, mm -hmm. it is so, our, it is yeah, our it biggest is. state. <clears throat> as far as viewership goes, more people watch us here than anywhere else. And that's because of your rich hunting tradition and the amount of hunters that are in the state. The amount of access that's in the state is unbelievable. It's well, like I, seven million acres. I think our goals and values are, from talking to you, are a lot of the same things that you're trying to accomplish at the DNR, growing hunter numbers. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, we need help. Sometimes you guys need help. I think it's important once we all realize that we're all kind of in this together. Mm -hmm. um, we obviously want to see more hunters. You guys want to see more hunters. Everybody wants the same thing. So I think when you finally kind of make that connection and realize, oh yeah, I agree with what you just said. That's exactly what we're doing. So it all, it all starts to kind of make sense. So you guys are hosting the series. What do you hope to kind of, what do you want the viewer to see when they're watching this series, what do you guys want to get across, and what do you guys, after they after they shut off uh, YouTube, what do you want them to say about the hunting public? 
but hopefully that were relatable. And then hopefully they, you know, if they're not a hunter yet, or if they're starting out, hopefully there was something there, uh, whether it be uh, safety or learning about deer behavior, there's something there that can help them, uh, you know, get, have, involved, have more, get, get involved first of all, and then maybe have more success in the field. And, yeah, and I think that's exactly right. The last thing you said, Greg, is if, if they see us and they're interested, we're hoping we're teaching people, whether it's from our failures or successes, we're hoping we're teaching people and helping them become more successful in the field. Right. We don't want to pretend that we have this whole thing figured out at all because we most certainly don't as far as hunting goes. You never will. It's a constant learning experience. Which is why we all love it. That's exactly right. And yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to get across to folks. And just, it's so much fun. It's incredible. That's why we, that's why we love doing what we do every day. We with just want to of, pass on that enthusiasm. With people. the amount of time that we're able to spend in the field, we can get a pretty good idea of what we, at least we think works for us and pass that on to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And on the platform that we're on, we can do it whenever we want daily, pretty much as every other day is pretty much when we're uploading. So. Yeah. I mean, it's been an eye opening for us as well, getting to talk with, um, DNR uh, personnel, whether it's talking about CWD or you know public land opportunities that are out there, or just hunting safety, you know it's great to be reminded of, the, of those basics. You know, we're those. we're very conscious and concerned about the future of hunting and the long term scope of things, and we don't forget that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I think. Could we just step back for a second before you said everybody wants to everybody wants more hunters, but at I don't think that everybody realizes that they want more hunters. Maybe we should just talk about why why it is important not to have the hunter numbers declining. Everybody's, I guess I've heard people say, less hunters, that's more deer for me, I guess. This is something right. I hear a lot where people are maybe not. So that's that's Jake getting deep for everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's for a different I podcast, know. I, I love where this is going, actually. We're going to run with this one. So uh, why don't you guys speak from your perspective, and I'll, and I'll try to give DNR's perspective. Well, hunter numbers overall are declining. That's a pretty well-known fact now, and they have been for some time. Uh, more people are becoming aware of it all the time, but as Jake just mentioned, people relate everything back to their own individual situations. I mean, I know I used to, until I started to gain a broader perspective through what we were doing at the hunting public. And once you realize what the consequences of declining hunter numbers is, it's really scary stuff. If we lose a ton of hunters in the next 10, 15, 20 years, we not only lose those hunters, we lose public support for hunting. We lose the ability to create support in our local governments, state governments, federal government, and you know, whatever the decision is, whether it's funding or you know, public lands or regulations, I mean, that all goes to the wayside if we lose that support. Long term, it just it can't happen. I mean, for the future of hunting to continue to exist, it, in our opinion, we need to keep the hunter numbers up at where they are or higher. I think when I was younger, everything sounded great. When when you hear about less hunters, yeah, more deer for me. But when you when you maybe grow up a little bit or just start thinking about it a little more, you realize that we actually could lose the right to even hunt, and that's real real scary for me at least. And it's, it's lose, yeah, lose funding for conservation. Yeah, yeah. If you're not thinking that way, you know that's exactly how you lose. Because there are privileges. people out there that do, do not want anybody to hunt. And you then, get complacent, and you know before you know it, it's too late, and the, and the landslide has already occurred, and you can't come back. 
yep. from it. Yep. You have mm -hmm. to be conscious of this stuff if you want your kids, your grandkids, whatever, to be able to hunt. Yeah. Speaking of kids, I mean, culture has changed so much. I mean, I was fortunate that I have essentially grew up on a farm, so I was always outdoors doing something. But for kids nowadays, you know, mm -hmm. they're growing up, growing up in an urban environment or growing up with, you know, devices in their hands all the time and don't have an opportunity to just go outside to, to get outside. I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of why we're using the medium that we are, you know, YouTube and all these social platforms is because that's where kids and, and um, can reach the most people. That's so where they're at. It's so working. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can reach people that way and, and, uh, you know, grow the, the number of hunters in the U.S. And the reality of it is um, we got to be realistic about how we think about this, too. Not everyone's going to be a hunter. But I think we'd all agree that our goal is to give people an opportunity to see if they like it or not, because a lot of kids don't get that. You mentioned um, living Even in just an urban to understand, understand, yeah, just to understand, yeah, living in an urban environment. There's a decent chance that you go through life just not even having any experience with it. So I think that's really concerning. I think for all of us. So from the DNR standpoint, obviously, um, license sales. And the revenue that we get from license sales is just a huge driver for conservation in this state. Mm -hmm. um, some people realize it, some people don't, but uh, whether you like to hike, uh, bird watch, any of that stuff, a lot of this yep. funding is really supporting um, conservation in this state, the habitat uh, for all types of wildlife. Um, and I'm glad Greg touched on it earlier, actually, about when he was speaking with DNR staff and just kind of the passion that they had for it. Um, a lot of people don't realize that these people, this, this is what they do. They are out in the field, uh, whether they're working on habitat, there's plenty of people in the office too doing just as important work. Um, and when we think about maybe a future where hunting, hunting will probably always be a reality, but not such an important part of Wisconsin's culture, um, I think that's just really, really concerning from a social level. Mm -hmm. And well, I would just be sad to make it more difficult to get into hunting than it is today not saying it's hard but if it, if it would get to the point where it was difficult to hunt or get into hunting that would just be very very sad for me at least mm -hmm. so all really good points I'm, re I'm really glad we kind of went down that road I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer but mm -hmm. uh, we're here tonight we're doing the series these guys are doing their thing kind of working to to make sure that doesn't happen um, and I hope you guys are are really listening as to how they're trying to do that and we hope um, if you are a hunter you're taking people out with you you're sharing the culture mm -hmm. if you're not a hunter obviously we don't ask that we're not saying you got to become a hunter we just want um, kind of an understanding of what it's all about um, how it really supports so many other things in this state um, it touches so many people it's so important to so many people um, so now I guess we'll switch gears again a million dollar question are you guys hunting in Wisconsin this year? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've already hunted in Wisconsin this year for turkey, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. the spring. Yep. It was so, awesome. So, what's the plan for deer season? You guys have one yet? I'll be back for sure this fall. Um, I guess last fall, I, with the internship that I had down there, was the first fall in my life that I wasn't here for the nine-day gun season. But that won't be happening again this year. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, one of my favorite weekends out of the year, as a lot of people listening probably know, it's just like a holiday for most. Where whole family gets together and the camaraderie is fantastic and I mean if you're 
able to be successful, it's a lot of fun. But either way, it's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll be showing all that on the hunting public. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's going to be a big part hope of to, what we're doing. Hope to pass, just because we have a lot of viewership in other states, but just the rich tradition that Wisconsin has, especially during the nine-day gun season, uh, on to the other people in other states. Yeah, yeah. that's honestly one of the, the hunts... That I'm most excited to see, you know, as it gets produced, as it unfolds for you this fall, is, mm-hmm. to, is to see that tradition um, that was that uh, deer camp. With, yeah, that Wisconsin deer camp tradition. Mm-hmm. One of the advantages we have is the ability to gain perspective from multiple different places, because Wisconsin's our number one state as far as people watching. But we talk to people from all over the place, and like you guys were talking about, Wisconsin is very deeply rooted in that social aspect of hunting that you're talking about mm-hmm. and in a, in a lot of places trust me it is leaving it's something that is going away in hunting luckily for wisconsin it's still here mm-hmm. and that is a tremendous foundation to build off of moving forward and yeah we're not going to miss the opportunity not to show people that well we are definitely looking forward to that i'm actually really interested to see where you guys choose to hunt let me keep my eye on that actually <laughs> we might <laughs> tell you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so much for the learning thing. I guess they're not going to tell me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, public land, life on the road is public land hunters. You guys have been, as you mentioned, to a number of states. Um, I think it's I think it's time for that part of the episode. What are your craziest, safe for work, obviously, stories that you've experienced uh, hunting public land throughout the U.S.? Oh, let's see. You had it doesn't have to be during the hunting public, or can it be something before? <laughs> nope, it can. It can. We're gonna let that one slide. It can be before. Okay. Oh man, public land. There's there's all kinds of crazy stuff that has happened to us involving venomous snakes and <laughs> <laughs> literally cold temperatures. Or you, yeah, we're yeah. supposed to even be out there. Or, oh yeah, we, Greg and I hunted late season. And uh, it was actually the beginning of this last year, and it was, you know, sub-zero temperatures. We're out there on public land, no blind, no nothing, and sitting on the ground, sitting on the ground in the snow. This and was we, down in Iowa, and you're not going to yeah. get a lot of sympathy. For no, this. I was just saying, I was like, about cold. Well, as soon as I it was cold. As soon as I opened my mouth, it's like, yeah, I shouldn't have gone down <laughs> there. Because negative three thing. is probably not that cold in Wisconsin. It, it was a cold but, day. Yeah, but it was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that we we regret doing it at all. No, it, was, it was an amazing experience, you know. But clear going from that clear down to you know, southern Mississippi turkey hunting on public land and dodging tornadoes. Dodging tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and dodging cottonmouths and everything yeah. else. You know, you run into a lot of interesting people when you're out, oh, yeah. out there. Oh yeah, very interesting people. Remember that guy this year down. Uh, were we in Alabama? Well, uh, you'd have to or a little Mississippi. Bit Are you talking about the guy, the guy, the guy with the beard? The guy with the beard, the white, the white beard, beard that was living yeah. Oh, yeah, in yeah. the camp. I did forget about that. He was down there and he basically just been living out of a truck camp for years. Months. I mean, off and on. At this point, he'd been living there for several months. He was living in a national forest like it was legal. Yeah, and, it uh, was. He, I think he was from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. He was from New Hampshire and he said... Yeah, I kind of just got sick of uh, 
shoveling the snow and just to walk up to the mailbox to get the bills. So just hit the road one day and he hadn't gone back since. Yeah. So Maybe how long has he been working for you guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it seems like you guys really have a lot of the same. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked to, snow. We talked to that guy so. for 45 minutes to an hour. Not, we just, he didn't even hunt. He, he, didn't, just, he wasn't even a hunter. He was just loved the outdoors and loved public land, and that's why he was there. He was camping there and hiking every day and just talking about all the wild things that he saw and the people that he ran across. And like, super interesting cat. And that is a that is a true positive crazy story. <laughs> I, I did, I'm not going to say what I was expecting. I didn't know what to expect, but... I'm glad you took it in that direction. Um, he sounds like a very nice man. If he's listening, um, thank you for enriching these guys' lives. <laughs> they all seem to be better men for it. Um, so what's next for the hunting public? Obviously, you guys are, are helping us out with the web series. You're hosting it, but uh, big picture, where do you guys want to go? I mean, we want to, oh, long term, we want to help shape hunting culture to the positive. Not to say that it's a, it's not positive already, well, but I think we want to help shape uh, the hunting industry more, right. more so than hunting culture. Just I guess the hunting culture within the hunting industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as you mentioned, it, it's real glorified what you what you watch on TV, and uh, we're just trying to more relate to. Yeah, we don't want to be exclusive, like we said. We want people from all walks of life. To be able to enjoy and understand this in some way, shape, we don't want somebody that's watching on TV to think it's reality to walk out your door every single day and shoot a big buck. We want to show everything it takes to get to that point, and and we want to show. We enjoy that that entire process. That's what makes you have to shoot a big buck either. You can shoot whatever makes you happy. Shoot whatever makes you happy. Yeah, that's going against the grain a little bit of what the hunting hunting industry has become. Mm -hmm. So can I say you guys are the bad boys of deer hunting? (laughs) Going against the grain? I wouldn't say that because like we'll take those guys hunting too. We don't care. Yeah, I mean if you're a big buck mania, dude, like let's go out and have some fun. I mean we may not care what you shoot, you know. We might be the strange guys. We're definitely the strange guys. (laughs) We would we would say that. But this fall we have our public land deer tour coming down the pipe, which should be really interesting. We're going to try to hunt multiple states on public land, including Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes. And, uh, yeah, to mainly just to appeal to different demographics of people across the landscape, you know, and relate not, to their situation. Not to continue with the cliches, but I definitely get the feeling, uh, spending a couple of days with you guys, talking to you here, that um, it's not one of those situations where they get big and they kind of forget where they came from. I definitely get get those vibes that doesn't matter how big you guys are going to get, the message is going to stay the same, which I think was another really important thing for me and the DNR um, in kind of deciding to, to come on board with you guys. I think it's been really beneficial and a learning experience for both sides. Um, so what I like to do before we wrap up the show, uh, we're going to put a little spin on it right now. Usually based on the topic, I'll say, what's one thing you could tell tell someone about this topic right now who had no previous experience of it? You bump into them on the street, and you get one opportunity. So what is something the three of you uh, could tell hunters as a whole right now? Go have fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of my experience when I first started hunting. It's, um, yeah, it was fun. It was family. It was um, learning. Like, it was an entire learning process. Really kind of gaining self-confidence, too, you know, as you... um, as you learn more, as you grow, as you improve your skill set, um, I think it, it can shape 
who you are, um, and it I certainly has uh, well into my adult life. You know, I'm very thankful. I essentially, like I said, grew up on a farm and grew up with a family and friends that hunted because it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's essentially shaped the course of my life, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. I'd say I like Greg's answer, and I would say create your own goals and do it for yourself and. Probably, I think with media the way it is, and especially social media, a lot of people are just trying to uh, impress other people, but I don't think that's something that you should make hunting, is you should just create your own goals and be happy with. We also have a closing thoughts section, if you want, if you want a second to think about that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead. So we'll, we'll segue there. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap up here? Learn the woods. That's a big thing, the lost art of woodsmanship. Lost art of woodsmanship. Just learn the woods. Just go out there and you yeah, know, the best way to figure out is... which bird that is that you're looking at, or which direction that deer track is pointing, or you know when that deer made that rub. Is there some bark sitting on top of those freshly fallen leaves, and that's a fresh rub? You know, I mean, there was a buck here in the last week or so. Just put the, these things together over time, and it's going to start to become really fun. You're not going to think about killing a deer. You're just going to be thinking about how to learn as much as you possibly can from this natural environment that you find yourself in. And I think that applies to hunters and non-hunters, which I think is a really interesting thing. You can love spending time in the woods and haven't hunted a day in your life. So You don't have to be a hunter, you can just be a gatherer and yep. learning the woods can yep. be extremely mm -hmm. rewarding. Yeah. Yep. I would say just be positive and <laughs> don't let life kick your butt too hard, you know? I mean. For crying out loud, you've only got one shot at this thing. So wake up every day and make the best of the situation. That's kind of what we do all the time in our business. It's like if you're not optimistic, if you're not positive every day that you go on or every day that you get up and go to work, it's just gonna... not going to be a very fun ride for you. No, it's not. I think those are all good closing know. thoughts. I'm just going to briefly say it. something that's came up a few times is we're all in this together. The department, obviously, we are we're working hard to improve what we do in reaching hunters and interacting with hunters. Uh, we think working with people like the hunting public is really going to help us get to where we need to go. Um, obviously, we need help from you, uh, whether that's on social media, anything like that. We want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. Um, our staff, there's nothing they like more than the work that they do. Um, so always try to keep that in perspective. But um, other than that, as I mentioned before, these guys are, are doing a heck of a job um, on the web series with us, Wild Wisconsin. It's going to be available in September. Um, be sure to check it out. we got main segments, bonus segments, podcasts like the one we recorded today. Um, so thanks again for joining us. You can find this podcast and all of our other ones at dnr.wi.gov, keywords Wild Wisconsin, on our YouTube channel, which is TV. Our iTunes or Stitcher channels, we'll link to all that as well. Um, dnr.wi.gov, keyword connect. You can find all of our social media channels, all our, all our podcasts there. We really wanted to put it in one place for you, easy to find. Um, check out our social media pages, share your photos, share your stories. Um, follow in the footsteps of these guys. We want to be interactive. We want to hear from you. Uh, we want to offer feedback. We want your feedback, um, news from the field all that stuff. Um, this is so important to us that hunting continues. Um, Wisconsin's hunters are second to none. Um, so if you want any more info, like I said, go to Keywords Wild Wisconsin. 
Um, other than that, thanks for joining us for another episode. Thanks to these guys uh, for coming up to Wisconsin and helping us out. And we will be back with them for a couple more podcasts here. But um, other than that, stay tuned and thanks for joining us.